right, guys. Well, good morning. How you guys doing this morning? You good? Two of you. Doing great. How you guys doing this morning? All right. There we go. Why don't you turn to somebody real quick and say, travel light real quick. All right. Why don't you turn to the, your second choice, the person you didn't want to talk to the first time and say, travel light. There we go. All right. Well, how many of you guys are still full from Thanksgiving? Yeah? Yeah, I'm still full from Thanksgiving. It was awesome. I hope each and every one of you guys had a great uh, Thanksgiving. We are diving right into a new series called Travel Light. And before I do, I want to highlight some very important uh, things coming up at Vintage. As we close out the year, there's some very important things that take place here uh, at Vintage. And number one, coming up on December 22nd is going to be our Vintage Christmas service right here, and uh, it's going to be at 1030 in the morning. And we want you guys to mark your calendars. And also next week, Pick up some invites because uh, we want you to invite your friends and family. This is going to be a very family-driven service. Uh, we're going to have a milk and cookie bar. We're going to have a photo booth for families. We're going to have uh, Christmas carols with the kids. We're going to have just a fun, fun day. But it's all going to be centered around, obviously, Christ and being able to lift his name up. And uh, it's actually one of two times a year, which is Christmas and Easter, that somebody you know, if you invite them to church, will actually show up. And so we want you to start praying right now today. Maybe God already put somebody on your heart. We want you to just pin that date on the calendar, Sunday, December 22nd, um, and that will be at 10.30 a.m. We do not have services during the week. We want you guys to spend time with your families and do what you need to do. Uh, and so uh, this will be our only Christmas service we have. Also, that afternoon, something really special to our heart is our second annual Giving Hope Store. And so that afternoon, from 3 to 6 p.m., we are going to transform this place right here into a store. And basically, the idea is this. We basically are looking, the school is, is going to give us about 50 families. Blazer Elementary is going to give us about 50 families who, uh, without us, would probably not have a Christmas. And that totals to well over 100 kids and about 500 gifts, totaling about $12,000. And this is one of our year-end giving campaigns. It's one of our year-end serving campaigns where the heart of our church goes on display. And so if you are available at any time between 3 and 6 and you want to drop in and maybe help open a door or wrap a gift or whatever that looks like for you, I want you to pin uh, this timeline on your uh, calendar as well, okay? So be in prayer about it. It's a great opportunity. A hundred plus kids totaling 500 gifts. These kids would not have Christmas if it wasn't for us. And what an honor that the school, uh, we get to partner with the school and be able to help these families for Christmas. So be in prayer about that. And uh, we'll have more info coming up actually starting next Sunday uh, in the uh, commons area back there. There's going to be a Christmas box. So if this week you're out shopping and you want to pick up a gift between, uh, uh, you know, newborn all the way to 15 years old, because uh, we are blessing the families of these kids. And so um, it's going to include adults and and, uh, and the kids. So if you come up with a gift and you buy a couple extra, come drop them off in that box next uh, Sunday and we'll just keep adding them up until we get to the 22nd. Okay, good? Are we good? Awesome. All right, let's, uh, let's dive right in uh, to this series uh, called Travel Light. And actually, before we do, I want God to be able to I want him to bless this message, so if you would, uh, something we've been, uh, uh, tempt I, I tend to forget this, but if you guys would just join me, uh, I know oftentimes we come into Sundays and we're kind of like this, we've got a lot of stress in our hands and we've got a, you got a lot going on and there's a lot of things taking place, so if you would, would you join me and just kind of open your hands, there we go, and what this symbolizes for us, it's not a religious thing, basically what we're saying is, look, 
I'm open-handed today. I'm open-minded. God, I just, I just need this moment, okay? So let me pray for us. God, we just come to you open-handed, God, and just asking, Lord, that you would just bless this message, bless our time together. May a word speak, uh, be spoken today, God, that speaks directly to our heart. May we move closer to you. Holy Spirit, would you work through us, uh, work through my voice. Let it not be me. Let it be you. And God, may we all just be able to take a step towards you today. Thank you for your word. Thank you for uh, you loving us today. And we just ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, guys. So Christmas is coming, right? 2020 is coming. I can't even believe that the year 2020 is coming. But you know what happens? It happens every year right around right now, December 1st. Our minds start to click towards Christmas. So technically, it's Christmas in most of our minds. Also, 2020 hits. And what we think about next year is a few things. We all, we, most people will think new opportunity. They'll think fresh start. They'll think a lot of newness starts to happen. But a lot of us, and I'm kind of guilty of this, I tend to look backwards. And I tend to look at my past year and think, okay, it, did, did I really accomplish what I wanted to accomplish this year? And I'm either moving into 2020 with excitement or I'm moving into 2020 with a little bit of regret. So what we were praying about with this series was for us to be able to kind of unpack some things that we need to let go of moving into 2020, that we need to trust God with, okay? So I brought up my, um, this is actually my, my travel bag. And so I brought this up because this suitcase symbolizes a few things. It symbolizes that when I'm traveling somewhere and I'm going from one place to the next, I have to put stuff in here, Right? So if you were to think about your framework today, going into 2020, you are going to take things into the holidays, and you're going to take things into 2020. And the question is, what are we taking that we shouldn't be taking? That's kind of the big idea. So today, I'm going to open up some stuff, and don't worry, I don't have like dirty chonas in here or anything like that. Um, I'm going to open up this bag, and now what I'm going to do is highlight a few things, okay? So first, here's something. So I'm going to pull this out. This is a Sammy Davis Jr. album. So when my grandmother passed away, my grandmother and my grandfather had a pretty big uh, album. For everybody's under 25, music plays off of these things, okay? So you take this, you put it on a... It's too complicated for you. But anyways, the, the idea for this is that this represents my past. It represents my grandmother, represents my grandfather. And honestly, sometimes when I start getting around the holidays, I kind of get sad because they're not going to be at that table. But for me, it's easy for me to think, okay, they're not going to be at the table, but am I holding on to something maybe I shouldn't be holding on to when I get to the holidays? Am I holding on to something going into 2020 that I shouldn't be holding on to? So this album could represent something that's missing, maybe something that is in your heart that, that's, that you know needs to be there. Or maybe there's that empty seat at the table and it just draws too many memories, whatever it looks like for you. Maybe that's what you need to let go of into 2020. How about, uh, this is my journal. So here's my journal. This journal carries a lot of information. It carries a lot about my past. So one of the things we're going to talk about in this series about how to let go of your past, how to let go of really with some things that maybe are in there that are in this journal that you honestly just need to be able to go to that page, maybe read it, hand it to the Lord, and then rip it out and throw it away, okay? So there's going to be a, a, a moment in this series that we're going to be talking about letting go of our past. Um, something else that we will talk about, oh man, I left my Niners jersey in here. We'll just show that off real quick. But one of the things, one of the things that, uh, that you're going to need to let go of in this season is bitterness. And bitterness 
bitterness, sometimes, sometimes you start to look at 2020 and you start to carry bitterness. I mean, geez, Thanksgiving Day. I mean, we don't even need to go into that, do we, Brandon? And, uh, but sometimes, sometimes we carry bitterness around, right? Sometimes we carry things in our life that actually follow us from place to place. And we can't even enjoy the place we're in because we're so bitter from where we've been, right? And so for us, we have to be able to let go of bitterness. So that's going to be something we're going to talk about in this series. And last but not least, I'm going to talk about this today. So this is an iPhone box. And this is going to be the topic of today. And the topic of today is distractions. Some of us are moving into the holidays and we're moving into 2020 and we're a little bit distracted. We're a little bit distracted. And if we're going to have what God, if we're going to fully experience what God has for us, we have to be able to focus. And how many of you guys know it's hard to focus? Some of you, if I were to ask you right now, it's even hard to focus even when I'm teaching, right? Don't raise your hand to that, but it's hard to even focus when I'm teaching. And it's even hard for me to focus when I'm teaching. Yeah, there's somebody might be eating, somebody, a baby may be crying, Frank's probably asleep back there. Like, you know, it's, it's easy for you to get unfocused, easy for you to get distracted. And so for, for us, I need to, you to understand something when it comes to distraction. Here's the first thing I need you to understand, and this is the overarching theme for this whole thing, this entire series. You have a call in your life, you are worth it, you're a child of God, and you have a purpose, Okay? You have a purpose. There is something you were made for. There is something that God has placed in you, a dream in you that can change the world around you, and it's there, and it's in you, and you know it. And, and I don't even need to say that many more times, but let me tell you something. That is the moment you need to think of in your mind. You have a purpose. God loves you, and he has a great call on your life. Okay? Are you with me? But here's the problem. We're distracted. It's hard for us to even see that when we're distracted. Distraction, the definition is this. Distraction is a pulling apart. Pulling apart. Separating, right? Moving it aside, separating. And then look at this. A drawing of the mind in different direction. Understand this. Every force of hell is trying to distract you. Everything about your life right now, the enemy is trying to do, is distract you. He's pulling apart. He's taking our minds and he's putting us, separating our minds that we cannot see what I just spoke about. The purpose, the love that God has for us, the plan that he has for us. We can't see it because we're distracted. There's a drawing of our mind in different directions. And here's the thing, the enemy will do this and when he distracts you, He'll divide your heart. So before you know it, your heart will be divided. The things you used to care about, you won't care about as much. And before you know it, you'll start walking around with a divided heart. And you know what happens when you get a divided heart? You get a discouraged soul. And before you know it, you're a discouraged soul. And when you're in a discouragement soul type of place, you try to fill those gaps with everything you can. Whether it's money, whether it's attention, whether it's this, whether it's that, all of a sudden we start to find that discouragement and we start to try to plug that hole with something. And then out of that discouragement soul comes the last thing, which is a disengagement of faith. That means we walk around faithless. Instead of us walking around faithful, we walk around faithless. The things of God don't appeal to us anymore. The serving of other people, I don't really care. 
And before you know it, we walk around faithless instead of faithful. Now we're looking for people to prove to us why we should be doing what God is calling us to do. Instead of us, we're distracted. We're distracted. And how many of you know that when you get into that spot, you even get annoyed by the people that are serving God or doing their, doing their thing and they're doing it well and life seems to be moving and things like that. All of a sudden you get kind of offended that their life is moving that direction. And now, instead of in embracing that, we tend to back off. And the enemy brings that as distraction. And here's the thing. The devil doesn't need to destroy you if he can distract you. See, the enemy's not going to wake up. The devil's not going to wake up and let, let, me just, let me just show myself to you so you know that I'm there. What he does is he distracts you because in the middle of that distraction, he knows that if he can disengage your faith out of your distraction, then your purpose is not even in your, in your mindset on a daily basis. What I told you just a few minutes ago about your call and your purpose and your loved, the minute you get distracted, that's the last thing you talk about. That's the last thing you hear. You don't wake up in the morning thinking about your purpose. You wake up distracted. What is the world telling you you should focus on today? Right? And so if the devil doesn't need to destroy you, if he can distract you, eventually you will lose focus. Time will fly by and you'll end up destroying yourself. So we have to recenter and realize that during this holiday season, we are going to move forward and try to be less distracted. And so today, I want us to look at a very powerful story that Jesus tells us in Luke. And it's a very intimate story because of a very interesting scenario. And the scenario is this. A woman is going to throw a party, so to speak, a dinner party. Jesus and his disciples are moving through the countryside and they're blessing people and they're healing people and Jesus is ministering, he's doing what he needs to do and this woman named Martha opens her home to Jesus. So get this, she knows Jesus is coming. He may not have a place to eat. Jesus, come to my house. She invites him. She invites him and we pick up in the story in Luke chapter 10 starting with verse 38. And it says, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. Remember that. She opened the home. Okay? It says, she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. And then look at Martha. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She invites Jesus in. and She's the one distracted. Which, honestly, I don't blame her. If Jesus was coming to my house, I would probably care about all the details, right? You'd probably be caught up with making sure the toilet paper is flipped the right way and that the, the fridge is stocked and the coffee's on and the candles are burning and the tortillas are hot. and Like, you would, you would make sure, right? And that's kind of what she does. And honestly, we need Martha's. Honestly, we do. I wouldn't have had Thanksgiving this week if, if we didn't have Martha's in our life, right? Like we, there's a focus behind when people prepare and they plan and they get things together. And that's kind of how our lives are. We plan and we prepare every day. We're doing something. We're preparing for work. We're preparing for this. We're always doing something. But is it possible that you and I can find ourselves distracted? Here, Martha's anxiety is pretty high, I bet. Jesus is busy, or Jesus is in her house and she's busy getting things ready, getting things uh, prepared, Right? And what's Mary doing? Oh, Mary is being lazy, right? Isn't that the first thing you kind of, if you're, if you're a Martha, you're like, she's lazy. What does she do? She's just sitting over there on the floor. 
She's lazy. Well, Martha picks that up, so she, she, she brings it out. So let's talk about that. And, and in verse 41, we see a very unusual expression of love. Okay, now I want you to understand this. What I'm about to read, I want you to place yourself in the story because this is how the gospel works. If you ever wonder, one of the most common things, let me, let me sidetrack for a second. One of the most common things I hear as a pastor is I can't hear God's voice. One of the other things I hear is I just, God's just not speaking to me. I don't know where he's at, okay? Well, open the Bible and read it like this, okay? And this is what I mean. Replace Martha's name with your name for a moment, and let's see what Jesus says to you and me, okay? Next verses. Martha comes up, right? She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care? I love this. Martha's ticked, right? She comes up to Jesus. Don't you sneak and care that my sister has left me to do all the work? I'm doing this by myself, right? Tell her to help me. And maybe plug your name in here. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed. Or indeed, only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. What a picture. You see, her intentions were good. She was distracted. Her intentions were fine. What she was doing, listen to me, what she was doing wasn't bad. What she was doing wasn't bad. It wasn't like she was in the wrong, but she was doing something different than what she was supposed to be doing. And this is the thing. We are so easily distracted. An ad shows up on Facebook, and all of a sudden it's Black Friday sales. All of a sudden, ESPN, Cowboys lose another game. Niners are 10 and 1. Right? Just throwing that in there. We're so easily distracted, right? Another email comes from the boss. Another complaint comes from, a, from, from somebody in your workplace. Whatever it is, we're so easily distracted. And we can spend so much time preparing everything else that we miss the moment that Mary has. And the moment that Mary has is just sitting and listening at the feet of Jesus. And honestly, some of us are so disconnected from that, we can't even imagine being a Mary. But I know that deep in our heart, that's what we want. I know that because we get tired of being distracted. You see, I've got to check social media. I have to. Look, look, I got to. I got to check social media. I got to see if somebody liked that, that post I did. I, I did that post in the best filter possible, right? Like, I got to go check it, you know? And, and, and you start swiping left and swiping right, or you start checking more email, or you start doing this, or you start doing that. And before you know it, you're spending more time distracted, right? I got to get my kids to a game. I got to get my other kid to another game tomorrow. I got to get this person over here. I got to do this at work, right? Oh, a cat post. Oh, that's sad. And, you know, all, you know, like all of a sudden, we're all over the place. Our minds start to get, you know, all over the place. Will I fit in? Am I going to be popular enough? Do they care about me? Do this, do that. And our minds start to like take off. And here's the thing, Martha wasn't doing anything bad, she just wasn't doing what was best. And here's the problem, so often the most difficult choices aren't between good and bad, but between good and best. That's, pro that's most of our problems. So often the most difficult choices aren't between good and bad, but between good and best. 
Again, if your enemy can't make you bad, he'll distract you away from using your life to honor God. He will distract you away that you can't connect with God the way you used to. One of the hardest things for me in my life, especially as a new believer, when I first came to faith, is I couldn't, I had a hard time not understanding when I first came to faith, I would sit with people that would say they'd been saved and had been a Christian for 30 years. And I couldn't understand why they didn't look like me in terms of like, man, I just cannot believe Jesus saved my life. And I love Jesus and I just want to know more about him. And I, I wanted, and I had this thing about me where I was like, I was so, I was, I was, I was focused. I just wanted to know what Jesus thought about me. And I, I would get so uh, frustrated and hurt because people that were supposed to be mentoring me literally it looked like they had the worst Christian life possible. You know, and I don't, I'm not saying that to be judgmental. I just couldn't understand. And as my life has gone on, I kind of feel like those, those people knew. They knew the old version of themselves, but they had become so distracted that their distraction was how they lived their life now. And they could only truly talk about how they used to be, how they used to be on fire for the Lord and how they used to do this and how they used to do that. But now they're so distracted that that's the only hope they had in their life is what they used to be. And for you and I, we can't live how we used to be. We have to live in the now. We have to live in what God is asking of us now. And so we have, to, we have to be able to choose what's best over what's good. And so the question becomes, how do we do that? How do we allow God to help us choose what is best? And so what I want to do is I want us to look at a few passages of Scripture based off of this passage we just read. But I want to share three things with you that I believe will help us not be distracted this, this uh, holiday season and moving into 2020. And if you have your notes, you could fill in uh, your notes there at your seat. But the number one is this. You and I need to diminish the distractions in our lives. We need to diminish them. And the reason I say diminish, that means you got to make them smaller. The, the, the reality is we will never truly be able to get rid of all the things that distract us. But you know what? We can diminish some of them. We can diminish them. And I love what Paul, in the context of what he's talking to in the, the church in Corinth, he, he's talking about marriage here, and he's talking about the importance of focus, and he's talking about relationship, and he's talking about how you focus in on the relationship, and he's, he's basically this whole chapter in, in, in Corinth, Paul is kind of giving an update about marriage, but in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 35, he says this, I am saying this for your benefit, not to place restrictions on you. I don't want you to be restricted. He says this, I want you to do whatever will help you serve the Lord best with a, as few distractions as possible. As few distractions as possible. Did you know that the word distraction, when it's broken down in the, in the Hebrew language, and in, uh, it's undivided devotion. I want you to live your life doing what's best in undivided devotion to the Lord. So the question to you is, do you live your life on a daily basis, undivided, devoted to the Lord? And if you don't, let's make that decision to diminish those things that are common distractions. Because you know what the most common distraction is to each and every one of us? It's this right here. It's the phone. And here's the thing. I know a lot of us can't get rid of the phone. But here's some interesting stats this year that I found about the phone. Is that the average person can go no longer than 12 minutes without their phone. The average person can go no longer 
than 12 minutes. They did a study where they took someone's phone and they placed it in a different room and the person ended up with anxiety within five minutes because they couldn't get to their phone. Here's the reality. Some of us, that's how we are. We, we, we sneak and leave our phone in the living room while we go, to the, go out to the, the porch or we go to the kitchen. I forgot something. Right? Where's my phone? Like, it's just one of those things that has become a distraction. Social media. Average person in 2019 spends two hours a day on social media. Two hours a day. When you add that up over somebody's life, that's seven years of somebody's life they will spend swiping right and swiping up and liking and disliking and, you know, all that. Seven years. Seven years of you, your life and my life will be spent on social media at the end of it if we average the two hours a day. Isn't that crazy? Again, it's not bad. Your phone is not bad. Like my phone holds a lot of great things in it. It holds stories and it holds, you know, my Bible app is on there. My, you know, Facebook where I can look at what's happening at Vintage Church and ESPN so I could, you know. Like it's not bad. But you know what I need to be able to do sometimes? Is I need to be able to go take this phone and I need to be able to put it away somewhere and forget about it for a few moments. And so you and I have to diminish the distractions. Diminish them. And here's a, here's a practical way we can do this. And all it is is a little bit of a mindset tweak. Solomon is talking in Proverbs. He talks about an immoral woman. And the, this immoral woman tended to go around and start to tempt men and, and cause problems with what was going on with the men. And so Solomon speaks to this problem. And this is what he says in Proverbs chapter 5, verse 8. He says, stay away from her. Don't go near the door of her house. And the reason I, I bring this scripture up is because of one thing. Sometimes we have to treat our distraction as sin. If you treat it as sin, and you treat it as something that is going to cause a problem between you and God, and distance between you and God, you won't even go near the door of the house. Some of us in this room, we need to start treating our distractions. It may not, may not be your phone. Some of you, it may not be uh, your phone. But Solomon's talking about this immoral woman, and he doesn't invite her to go out for a drink, right? He doesn't say, oh, just invite her. He doesn't do none of that. Stay away. Get away. And some of us, that's what you and I need to do, is we need to get away. And if there's an idol in, in your life right now, you need to get rid of it. Some of you, you might be friends with a distraction right now. Doesn't mean you can't be friends in the future, but you might be friends with a distraction right now. And I'm going to be a little, if you let me preach just for two seconds, I'm, I'm more kind of cookies are on the bottom shelf today. But if you let me preach for just one second, some of you are friends with people that their sin in their life is over-influencing you and you're not influencing them, you probably need to put some distance for a little bit. You probably need to put some distance. You see, because that's how the enemy starts to work. It doesn't mean you can't be engaged in that relationship. Don't, 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 don't think that I don't want us to be a church that's engaging people. That's not what we're about. What I'm saying is that some of us, it's the influence. The intent was to go and have influence, positive, loving influence, not judgment, none of that. Love, influence. But what happened is somewhere you got distracted and now that person is influencing you and it's causing you to be distracted. Sometimes you need to be able to take a step back.
Okay? Some of you might even be dating a distraction. I won't go into that. That's a whole other story. It's a fight to focus. It's a fight to focus. Remember, you are called. You have a gift. There's something in you God wants to use. It's a fight to focus. So number one, we have to diminish the distractions that are keeping us from God's best. Number two is we need to focus on the important. We need to focus on the important. Focus on the important. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 25 and 26 says this, Set your gaze, right, your eyes, on the path before you with fixed purpose. Have purpose in front of you. What you're putting your eyes on, have some purpose. Looking straight ahead and ignore, what, life's distractions. Watch where you're going, stick to the path of truth, and the road will be safe and smooth before you. Some of us refocus, get our eyes back on Jesus, right? The author of Hebrews tells us that, that Jesus is the author. He's the perfecter of our faith, correct? Peter walks on water. Anybody heard that story? Peter walks on water. Jesus shows up. He starts cruising on the water because that's just what he does. He's walking out to them because they've already left on the boat. He wants to get to them. So instead of telling them to turn around, he just, you know, turns on the Jesus stuff and he just starts walking on the water. Peter sees him from a distance realizes it's Jesus. Excitement rises in Peter. I want to have faith like that. I want to do that. I want to do what Jesus does. And Jesus says, well, come on then. Keep your eyes on me. What does Peter do? Steps out of the boat, starts walking on the water. But guess what? He started to sink when he got distracted by the wind and the waves, the Bible tells us. And when the wind and the waves caught his eye, he began to sink. Is it possible that some of you are sinking is it possible some of you have lost sight of Jesus? Is it possible that you're, that you're in the vicinity of Jesus, but you can't see him, and you're sinking, and that's what your life looks like today? You're overwhelmed, you're looking around, and you're consumed by the wind and the waves instead of the faith that Jesus has in front of you? Is it possible that the only reason you're sinking is because you've been distracted? Is it possible? If it is, fix your eyes back on Jesus. Matthew 6.33, right? First, doesn't say second, third, fourth, or fifth. It says, first seek the kingdom of heaven and all its righteousness. First seek. Not get up and first seek Facebook. Not get up and first seek the work email. Not get up and first seek the traffic report or the weather report or the coffee machine. First seek the kingdom of heaven and all his righteousness. If you wake up and your first focus can't be Jesus, it's going to be really hard by 2 o'clock in the afternoon for Jesus to be your focus. But if you start your day focused, gazing on Jesus, it'll look completely different throughout the day. Are you with me? All right? So first seek his kingdom. <clears throat> Side note. I found myself in this busy season where... Um, me and Audra, we usually have date nights every Friday. Um, that's been kind of our normal routine is every Friday night we have a date night. And everybody kind of knows that. Like, hey, it's date night for me and Audra. And, uh, but we arranged some things to have our life group on Friday nights. And so we technically at first was like, okay, well, that kind of, that's kind of like a date night. But it's not. So we have to look at our schedule and rearrange our date nights. Well, it's not easy if I'm not focused on it and don't make it a priority and she doesn't make it a priority. Everything else will make us a priority except us. So we find ourselves a week or two going by without a date night. And it, and it starts to mess with our, our schedule and starts to mess with like how me and her are operating and wired. 
And one of the most common things I hear in marriages is, I don't have time for a date night. Let me tell you something. There's an order in how God focuses us. If you first seek him, I guarantee you, you will be able to prioritize a date night with your spouse. And here's what I mean by that. Because God cares about certain things way more than he cares about other things. And some of those things that he cares about is our marriages and our soul and our time with our kids and, and time with our friends and serving other people and loving. There's a, there's a few things you see a thread throughout the Bible that Jesus truly does care about. And too many times we get people to say, oh, well, I don't have time for a date night. Let me tell you something. First seek his kingdom and I guarantee you a date night will show up. Because you can't help but prioritize what Jesus wants you to prioritize. So that's a little side note. That one's free. Here we go. As I start to close, here's a big thing. You never wander into righteousness. Remember when I say this? You never just fall into it. You don't just wake up and just fall over and all of a sudden you, you know the Bible. You don't, you don't wake up another day and you stumble into effectiveness. It just doesn't work that way. And you never fall into just bringing God glory. It's intentional. So one of the practices that I want to give to you that I'm doing for myself right now as I move into 2020 is I win buckets. If I were to think about my life in a few buckets, these are the things I want to win at in 2020. Here's a good practice for you. Sit down this week, think about 2020 and say, you know what? This is going to make me win. And if that thing is going to make you win, then write it down. And this is what I mean. One of the things that I want in 2020 for me to win is I want to have irrational generosity. I'm a generous person now, but I want to be irrational about it. I want to, I want to just bless people when we're standing in line at an HEB and I see that family trying to pay for their groceries. I want to pay for it. When I see somebody struggle, I just want to help. That's going to help me win in 2020. Second thing that I want to do is moments of spontaneity. Most of the time, my wife can ask you, I'm pretty much like by the book on how I live my life. She pretty much can tell you, this is what he does at this day, this is what he does on this day. And oftentimes, I don't like spontaneity because I don't like things to change. I, I kind of like order. But you know one of the things going to help me win in 2020? Is to have spontaneity. And what spontaneity look, may look like for me is, you know what, I'm going to get off work early and I'm just going to call Audra and say, you know what, let's let somebody else pick up the kids and we're going to go to a movie. Maybe not let somebody else pick up the kids, but we're just going to go to a movie, right? Maybe, maybe we won't go to a movie. We'll go, we'll go somewhere else she likes to eat. Maybe. The idea is wreck the schedule. Wreck the schedule and do something spontaneous. It's something that I want to do so I could win in 2020. The third thing is I want to have more meaningful conversations with my wife and my kids. I want to be able to plan times where I can go sit with my son who's now eight, going to be nine this next year, and just sit and have a more meaningful conversation with him. Take my daughter out, 10-year-old, take her out on some dates. Knock on the door on a Friday night and take her on a date instead of her mom and go treat her for a night and sit down and have meaningful conversations with my daughter. That's going to make me win in 2020. And last but not least, another bucket is healthy moments for me in 2020. Moments where I'm resting well. I'm in my quiet place well. I'm more active, and I'm being a better leader. Things that I know that I want to win in 2020. Here's what I'm telling you, is that you have to be able to write some things down and put it in front of you and set those goals in front of you so when you move into 2020, you're not easily distracted. 
Because if I have these wind buckets in front of me, when something comes to distract me, I can say no. If I know my date night is going to be Thursday night at 7 o'clock, and somebody asks to meet, or my work wants this and wants me to go here or wants me to go there, I can simply say no. Because that's how I want to win in 2020. I love Proverbs chapter 4, verse 27. It says, don't allow yourself to be sidetracked for even a moment or to take the detour that leads to darkness. What a statement. What a, what a proverb for you and I to tack onto our hearts. That you know what? Don't allow yourself. Don't allow yourself to be sidetracked. Understand the plan that's in front of you. Understand what God's direction is in your life and, and stay on that path. Because if not, your phone's going to go off. That email is going to pipe in. Facebook is going to say, do this. Netflix. I love Netflix, but sometimes we just, it should just not work. <laughs> you know, Disney Plus, oh my gosh. Add that to the, the picture. Right? Sometimes, again, this stuff isn't bad. It just may not be best for the moment. Learn to trust God with what's best for the moment. So I'm going to distance my distractions. I'm going to focus on what's important. And then number three, and the final one is this, is I'm going to listen to the voice of God. I'm going to listen to the voice of God. I love this image, this image that Isaiah gives us in Isaiah chapter 30, verse 21. And it says this, And your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, This is the way, walk in it. When you turn to the right or when you turn to the left, this is the way, walk in it. What a beautiful picture. And here's what I mean. Some of us need to quiet down and move the distractions out of the way so that we could hear God's voice. He will speak to you in your quiet time if you decide to have quiet time. One of my mistakes when I first came to faith is I was super busy. I was going to college full-time and I had a full-time job and I was serving at the church a lot and doing all this kind of stuff. And one day the pastor was talking about hearing God's voice and I, was, I approached him after service and we were talk, talking. I said, man, I, I can't hear God's voice. He says, when are you slowing down enough to hear him? I said, well, I don't know. He said, well, what do you usually do at lunch? And I said, well, lunch, I'm usually hanging with my friends or, you know, whatever. He said, why don't you pick one day out of the week where you just go sit in your car, put on some worship music and read the Bible, and I guarantee you, you'll hear God's voice. First time I did it, I read the Bible, opened my Bible, kind of scared in college because, you know, I was new to faith and I didn't want to get, like, made fun of and stuff, so I was real. You didn't have the Bible app, so it didn't look like you were, like, on your phone. And I remember one of the very first things I read was to have boldness in my faith and asking God, with boldness. I thought, okay, I could do that. And I began to just look at my life and remove the distractions and find my moments to hear God's voice. Your moment with God may come through a song. Your moment today may come in worship. Your moment today may come with sitting down this afternoon and looking at your calendar, whatever it looks like, but just listen to God's voice. Again, your life is too valuable. Your calling is too great. God is too good for our lives to be wasted by distraction. As I close with this story, yesterday, yesterday, Audra and Bella left to a Christmas planning meeting for our Christmas service, and Neo had been, wasn't feeling good, so um, he got an ear infection this week, and so we we're trying to slow him down and keep him, keep him home. So I stayed home with him yesterday while they went to the meeting, and I thought, this is a perfect time. While they're gone at the meeting, I can run through my notes. 
So I sit down and I start running through my notes and I put on a movie for Neo and so he's in the living room watching a movie and I'm zoned out and I'm doing what I need to do and um, all of a sudden somebody's like under my desk grabbing a hold of my leg. And he starts, I didn't have my, my shoes on and the little guy starts tickling my feet. Oh man, and that's like, don't tickle my feet. Starts tickling my feet so I start like shaking my leg and I start like trying to kick him off of me or whatever and I found myself this is where the voice of the Lord comes in play. Neo, go watch the movie because you're distracting me. I'm prepping for today. All of a sudden, I hear the voice of the Lord say, he's not distracting you. You're distracted. You're distracted from what matters most. One day, you're going to miss him playing underneath your desk. And so I just turned off the computer and folded my notes and I went and sat in the living room with him and we talked Star Wars. And I realized in that very moment, if I'm going to tell you to listen to the voice of the Lord, then make sure that you understand that it'll come in times that you least expect, that God will speak to you and he will interrupt your life at that very moment so he could speak to you. And I believe wholeheartedly that's kind of like how today looks. Coming off a holiday weekend, half of our church is traveling. You're here. Maybe God wants to speak something specifically to you today. Number one, you're loved. He loves you. You have a call in your life. You have a purpose. But maybe you're distracted. What do you need to do this week to remove those distractions? To make sure that you're not taking this with you into 2020. If you would, as we close today, I'm going to have you stand with me. I want to pray for you. Then we're going to sing a few words from this last song. And that's the time I want you to be able to respond today. And here's the idea. It's simple. You take a moment today. Let your life slow down long enough for you just to respond to God. For you just to look at your life today and say, look, I, I've been distracted. I've lost focus. And if that's you, Recenter. If maybe, maybe you haven't cared about what's important, re refocus and care about what's important. You see, God loves you enough that he allowed our lives to be intersected at this point today so you could hear the words that came out of my mouth today. He loves you enough to say, hey, you don't need to go into 2020 distracted. And so let's pray and let's sing this song together and we'll get out of here for today, all right? Lord, we just come before you right now Grateful, thankful for the opportunity that you've given us. Holy Spirit, I pray right now for each person in this room. Lord, that if they've been distracted, that they would take a moment first and foremost, seek first the kingdom of heaven and all of its righteousness. Jesus, we refocus on you for a moment. We put our phones away. We put our, 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 our emails away, our social media away. We put everything else away for a moment. And for this moment, unexpected, on a Sunday morning after a holiday season, Jesus, we focus on you. We recenter our lives on you. Jesus, right now, as we sing this song together, I pray that each and every person would respond. And that response is simple. Jesus, I need you in my life and my heart. I do not want my life wasted. Jesus, let me be who you need me to be, not only for me, but for the people around me. Jesus, I give you my life. Jesus, may we pray that prayer together as a church during this next song. Lord, we love you. Thank you for your word. 
And we ask all of this in Jesus' name.